Okay. All right. We are here and live. We are very, very excited. I have Anne Heathcock today. Anne, how are you? Good. Thank you. Excited to be here. We are excited as well. We are going to be talking event ROI. We're going to give everybody just a couple of minutes to uh, to trickle in here, but uh, just want to confirm you all are in the right place. Um, we are on another one firm webinar. We're going to get uh, into this in a couple minutes, but uh, yeah, Anne, where are you calling in from? Where are you uh, coming in live from? And uh, yeah, let let us know. I am in uh, the lovely Frankfurt, Illinois, which is a southwest suburb of Chicago. I'm based in the Chicago office for Winston and Strong. Yes, exactly. So we're going to get into your background in a couple of minutes once we allow everybody to come in. How's the uh, how's the weather today on October 24th in the Chicago metropolitan area? It is beautiful today. It's actually supposed to get up to almost 80 and it's sunny and it might be our last hurrah. Our last our last of the the beautiful uh post summer days. So I'm excited. That's what it's feeling like. Um, we're going to get into event ROI today, but let's 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 aggregate out of that or move out of that and tell us a little bit about uh, events and sort of your what 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 do you think about when you think about events, both in your personal life and your private life? What does the word conjure up for you? <laughs> well, um, it definitely depends on what type of event it is. Certainly, you know, work events come with um, certain responsibilities and expectations. Um, you know, regarding you know if if we're going to do an event, either, you know, an internal event or we're sponsoring an external event or partnering with, um, you know, a, a vendor or, you know, a, um, a referral source. We, we want to make sure that we're picking the right types of events that we're, there's obviously an opportunity cost for every event that you send your, your attorneys to, because if they're attending an event, um, and preparing for an event and doing all of the things that we're going to talk about today, they can't be billing time. So we want to make sure that that opportunity cost that we've really thought that through and that we're making wise choices about how we're spending the firm's money and how we're spending our attorney's time. Yeah, great. So we're going to get into all of that. And what about in your personal life, you know, events, any, what's, what's, uh, what comes up whenever I say events? I'm, I'm, um, I'm definitely a, a self-proclaimed extrovert. I, I need to be around people. So, um, you know, any chance I get to, you know, pick up a glass of wine and talk to people, usually that makes me happy. Although I will admit um, I fall into some of the same anxieties that other people do if I'm walking into a room of people that I don't necessarily know that well. We just had our um, we had our alumni uh, reception in Chicago uh, last week, and that was like one of the best events I've been to in a long time because I knew everyone. <laughs> and it was a lot of people who, again, I hadn't seen in a while, but like remembered very fondly. And so that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Last question before we get into the substance and sort of formally kick off with five minutes in. What makes a great event? What do you think? You know, I sort of, I sort of heard what you said. Is it, is it the relationships of the people in the room? Is it the location? Is it sort of uh, just, you know, the time and the place? Is it a little bit of everything? Like a good, like a good recipe? 
Yeah, it comes down to everything. And I guess I, I work closely with our event planners and some of it is the vibe, I think. So that you're, you've picked a place that is, you know, that matches with your audience, that there's something unique or fun or entertaining about where you are so that in addition to just, you know, the ability to obviously have good conversations, which is very important, but that you, you have a, a hook that, you know, people want to come to your event because there's a reason that they're going to experience something new or fun. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would say it's kind of the vibe. It's if there's, I like events that have good energy so that, you know, people are happy to be there. There's lots of good conversation, good food, good drinks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a good hook is really important for allowing people to come in with the right energy, right. To, to match it. You know, I think so many events are so large and you don't know how to relate. And it, it tends to be like, you know, let's say a wedding or a birthday party, you sort of know how to show up, right? You know, you know, the way that you're going to show up with people. And I think that makes it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and kick off everybody. Welcome to another one firm webinar. I am here with my distinguished guest today, Anne Heathcock, and we're going to get into your bio. But uh, today we are going to be talking about as you can sort of pick up uh, conference ROI, making the most of legal events. So as I said, I'm here with Anne Heathcock. And uh, for those of you who don't know you, can you give us a little bit about your background and your bio and uh, yeah, why you love events and are passionate about this topic today? Sure. So I am the managing director of marketing and business development at Winston and Strawn. And I have actually been with the firm since 1994. So I am just shy of 30 years with the firm. So I have had um, a great opportunity over the years to see how um, events have evolved and, and, you know, become how legal marketing in general has become more sophisticated and um, I, I feel very blessed in my career at Winston that I have been able to do um, everything across the entire spectrum of, of legal marketing, just having been with the firm so, so long. So I've done all kinds of event planning. I still you know, plan um, the firm's uh, internal partner conference, which is, again, a, a different type of networking, but definitely, uh, definitely networking. And, and we're constantly looking at how we're doing that event to make sure that the partners are, again, getting the most out of the time that they are spending. But I work um, with our, our team, both our BD team, as well as our, our industry teams to make sure that we are, you know, putting the firm in front of the right people at the right conferences that we're making good decisions about whether we're sponsoring or just attending. If we're having um, ancillary events at the conferences and sort of you know, making sure overall I, I manage the, the business development budget. So I'm always kind of keeping an eye on um, how we're spending our money and making sure that again, we're making wise choices. 
absolutely. So I am very excited to uh, to get into the ROI side. I think it's it's there's there's so much in there that goes into it from the selection to how you show up to to the post sort of follow up. So really excited. So let's go through some of our topics for today. Um, so we're going to go through three topics, but um, I just want to call out for the audience here. We'd love to have your questions. And Emma, who is our um, who are, is our event manager here at Nexel, is on the call, and she will be um, fielding some questions. So please, if at any point you have some questions and topics that you want us uh, and Anne to answer, please go ahead and let us know. So why don't we um, why don't we kick off maybe with the with the first topic and um, prepping your team coaching attorneys for maximum ROI and you know whenever I think about where we're at from the perspective of timing this is really entering an event you've selected the event you've determined but it's really time for sort of like the pre and the prep um, where do you where do you see prepping in terms of the importance uh, for event ROI and sort of conference ROI in general? Um, yeah, where where can we go with this topic? Not surprisingly, I'm going to say it's absolutely essential. <laughs> if uh, if you uh, if you skip the the prepping step, your chances to have to to successfully make use of your time, the time that you're investing in the event itself. Um, you know, you might get lucky and you might just happen to yeah. stumble into a really great conversation. I, I wouldn't say that it never happens, but you're, you're making it much harder on yourself if you don't do the prep work in advance. So, you know, we, we try very hard to, to get our attorneys to at least a few days out from the event or, um, you know, I would prefer that they do it before the day of, but at the very least, you know, we want them to, or we advise, you know, that again, if, if there is an invitation or an attendee list that is available to review, to take a look at that, to um, do some research, to, to look at the list and, and determine, you know, who is it that you think that you would like to connect with at this, this event? You know, is it, is it existing clients? Is it a target? Is it a referral source? And then to kind of have a, a thought or a plan about, you know, how you want to use your time. So we, you know, we suggest that you go into the event and you've kind of have, have your goals for, for the event. So, you know, you want to meet two new people um, or, you know, catch up with someone that you haven't seen in a while or, um, as most law firm people understand, sometimes we send people to conferences because our clients are going to be there and we don't want other law firms just poaching them away. So sometimes it's a, it's a, you know, you want to be in front of your client so that other people aren't taking their time and possibly, um, luring them away. Um, so, so yeah, so I would definitely say, you know, the, the things that, um, you know, people need to do to, to get ready and look at that attendee list, make a plan about who you want to meet, and then spend a little time trying to get prepared for those conversations. So, you know, do a Google search or a LinkedIn search on the company, try to figure out what's been going on, or if there's anything interesting. Again, if you're looking particularly at a, um, 
a particular person um, that you want to connect with who you see is on the attendee list, um, send them an email and and say, hey, I saw your name on the attendee list. Looking forward to catching up with you. You know, I'll be looking for you. So sort of, you know, grease the the wheels a little bit so that, you know, the, the person knows that you're going to be there and will be looking to have a conversation. Um, think about what you might want to talk about with them. I mean, if there's something in particular that you want to broach or if you just want to catch up, think about... If there's, you know, something interesting that you've done recently, um, we talk about having a, a elevator speech that's appropriate for, you know, for the event. Now, that's obviously you're not going to give your elevator speech to a client or someone who already knows you, but, um, you know, prepping your your market message or elevator speech, whatever you want to call it, so that it is appropriate for this event. So, if you need to tweak it, figure out exactly what you want to say and then practice it a few times so that it comes out naturally and doesn't feel stilted. And I know I just said an awful lot in a row, so I will let you speak now. So I, um, I, I, I map all of that, you know, and I think prep prep is totally, totally essential. Let me ask a little bit, maybe we can dive a little bit into, into the, uh, the elevator sentence and, you know, can you say a little bit more about, um, about what's what's the point with sort of the elevator sentence? Is it are we trying to get across? Is it something particular? Are you personalizing it for for the particular person that you're trying to to, to reach out, or is it really you're sort of aligning yourself to what, um, let's say, in the case of Winston and Strawn, what the firm has done as of recently, and sort of some of the message? Yeah, how do you think about the uh, the proverbial pitch? I think it needs to be more personal to the individual. Um, I, I mean, I think that obviously whoever it is needs to have an understanding of what the firm offers, certainly. But, you know, you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And so it really should be more about, you know, what what is of interest to that particular person or to, you know, someone in that industry, or, you know, if it's particular to, you know, a PE event. And so, you know, that you're talking to people who are in the PE space, just understanding how they work so that your sort of examples of what you do are relevant to them. Um, I mean, bringing in what the firm does, I think is, is always part of that conversation if it if it is natural but i think it really is again the first contact is is an individual to an individual and so it needs to be more personal to you yeah absolutely what um let's go into the coaching part specifically for attorneys you know can you sort of describe a little bit what that environment is like um on the on the on the business development side and the marketing side, just just that interface with 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 clients. Um, or, sorry, with your with your clients, aka the attorneys. You know, what's what's sort of the range? Um, is there one to many type coaching where where sometimes there's scenarios? I'm just trying to get an understanding of how coaching. Um, I've never I've never been in a uh, in a coaching environment specifically for events. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So it happens in a number of different ways. I mean, we have um, a networking checklist that, you know, we try to send out a few days in advance of the event to sort of, again, remind people, like, here are things that you should be thinking about as you're getting ready to 
attend um, attend a particular event. Um, we also actually have a wonderful coach. Um, we have a coaching in house coaching service that um, works with a number of um, you know our attorneys and partners at the firm, you know, on an ongoing basis. So I, you know, I, I work frequently with her to do training sessions across the firm. I was actually had the opportunity to uh, do a networking presentation to our London and Paris um, women. We had a, a women's event in Paris, which let me tell you, it's not a real hardship to have to go to Paris to do a networking event. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good one there. <laughs> yeah. So we, we do both. I mean, we'll work, yeah. you know, directly with, you know, younger partners or, or younger attorneys. If they, you know, come to us and need some tips, we kind of proactively send out the checklist. We offer research services to, you know, again, if they want to know what we're doing for specific clients or they want to understand who we know at specific clients. So if you, you know, you get an attendee list and they don't actually tell you who's coming, but they tell you the companies they're going to be there, then it, you know, gives us an opportunity to use Nexel, which is our CRM to, you know, kind of take a look and see like, well, who do we know there? And, and who are the, the people that are most, um, or are interacting the most with, um, with people at that company. So it, you know, helps, give you a base of conversation. Like, you know, you can basically say, Oh, I see, I saw we're doing, you know, well, I don't want to say we're doing M and a work because sometimes that's not supposed to be public, but I see we're, <laughs> we're doing a securities offering for you. Um, and you know, I see also see that, you know, you've, your GC is relatively new and tell me about, you know, how, what changes you're seeing in your legal department based on your new GC. So it, it just helps you figure out sort of what are the, the conversation points that you want to hit. And you also don't want it to be entirely work-related. You want to also have some, you know, some, some personal interests or, um, you know, some questions. I think it is good to have a few questions in your back pocket. Um, about either something that you've done recently, like, um, for example, before I went to Paris, which I actually combined with a little vacation on the other side of it, I would ask people, have you been to France? Well, you know, have you been to Paris? What did you like to do? What, you know, what were your highlights? So it was an opportunity to, again, ask people about things that theoretically um, they would be happy to talk about. So, yes, yes. Let me ask you about just still on this coaching in particular about, you know, it's a direct question about how you make you in a coaching capacity, how you make decisions around where to place your coaching priorities. I think everybody who's been in the industry knows that, you know, you can't service all of your law, your lawyer clients. Similarly, you know, can you talk a little bit about how the business development and marketing and even law firm, you know, are you, are you trying to, um, meet, are, are you trying to double down on, let's say, I don't like to use the term rainmaker, but you know, your most outgoing, your most proactive, those who have a natural sort of affliction toward this, uh, because what I'm driving at is there tends to be an ROI between different people, right. And, and how they sort of show up. And of course that's okay. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's everybody's bag, but 
you see the sort of trump of the question, are you putting more coaching resources on those that have a natural predilection to this? Or are you trying to raise the baseline of how things are going so that, you know, everybody is sort of delivering ROI back? Because, you know, events are expensive. They're a lot of work. They're time consuming. And like you said, I think coaching is kind of that last mile, right? If like, you know, a very successful person can really close the loop and bring let's use marketing and sales language, you know, really bring in opportunities and bring back true, true, true new client opportunities. I think, I think you get the, the Trump of the question. Yeah, I do. And I guess I would say both. So we're trying to cast a wide net and, you know, we do some sort of networking training, you know, at various levels. So like, you know, we do training, like pretty extensive training programs for obviously our first years, then we've got our third years or six years. And then when they make partner, we do another set, we do a, um, it's the new partner orientation that we do every year. And so we always try to make sure that we're hitting it. You know, it, it, obviously they have different skill levels and different responsibilities for what they're doing at different levels. So we try to like tailor the communications about how to do it based on the level. But then also, yes, you're, <laughs> you're never going to um, be able to make someone who is completely introverted and hates to be in a crowd, to be the world's best networker. It's just, it, you're, you're asking them to change too much. So some of it is you coach the people who are receptive to being coached. So if, you know, if someone doesn't think that they need help or that they, they can benefit from the coaching, they're pretty much going to ignore you. So some of it is us identifying again, people who have the right skill sets or people, you know, who are on the bubble, who, you know, are, on the verge of sort of breaking through and giving them that helping hand. Um, and then sometimes again, it's, it's, we're identifying particular groups. So we've got a, a big coaching program right now that we're doing for our um, corporate women partners. And there was a presentation yesterday that was called mastering the ask. And that was actually through, <laughs> was, was through our, um, again, our, our coaching service, but we're also, I mean, we, we also do obviously, um, you know, particular BD coaching for, um, our diverse attorneys, um, you know, because we want to make sure that all of, that everyone has an equal opportunity to succeed and, um, but again, if you're interested, if you Anybody who comes to me and says, hey, I'd like to do a better job at networking, I am happy. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right, exactly. The curriculum will be will be specific to you. All you got to do is ask, right? Raise your hand. That's, um. I want to get to embracing networking because oh, it's so fun. You know, we're like, we're like pre the event, then we're at the event, and then we're going to talk about sort of post the event. But r really quickly, you know, you said something super interesting that I, that I really just want to check in on, you know, and, and you brought up this idea of, um, you know, it goes into particular, uh, sp particular, like, like motions. I don't know what that, you, it, I'm, I'm pointing at like, mastering the ask you know like and i'm assuming that there's different parts of this because there's even there's even parts like 
you know, staying in contact between the events. And I'm sure you've broken this all up just, just for, uh, for us on the outside looking at, I mean, masking the ass, that seems like you're pointing at that everybody could get better at this. Do you just want to sort of say, are there particular skill sets that people tend to, whenever we're talking about coaching attorneys to maximize ROI, is the ask really it? You know, I mean, everybody knows what we're talking about here. You know, say asking the ass is difficult, you know, and at, at that point in time and pulling that across. So I was wondering if you could get into like that coaching specificity on, on these sorts of particular skills, motions, whatever you want to call it. Again, there's little asks that build up to the yeah. big ask. Like, I mean, anyone who <laughs> walked up to someone at a cocktail party and said, give me your business is probably not going to get it. That's a little too aggressive. Um, but the, again, it's, it's, it's understanding or, or being comfortable in, in having, you know, having a good conversation with someone and, and making the follow-up ask. So saying, you know, this was a great conversation. I would like to continue it. Are you open to, you know, a, a team's meeting? If you're in the same location, you know, going out to coffee, going to lunch, can I invite you to, you know, our next cocktail party or we're going to, you know, are you going to be at the next conference that's maybe in two months? I'd love to reconnect with them there. So making, instead of just saying it was great to meet you and walking away, making that ask to continue the relationship, to make it for the next thing. And I don't know that people um, automatically do that. They have to kind of, they have to be taught to think through that. Okay. What, what do you want to happen next? And again, sometimes it's, I just want to continue this conversation. Sometimes it's, I want to introduce you to someone that I think will help you, or I want you to introduce me to someone that where again, where I think that we can help each other. Um, so, you know, I think the, the small ass work up to them. I mean, it, it's, um, we tell our people, and again, I've got, um, I have it in a slide somewhere, but that, you know, it takes nine to 13 interactions for a client, yes, for a client, for basically to convert someone who's a target into a client. And what, what really, and, and I say this often to our people, I said, what really has to happen is you have to be top of mind when the person that you're trying to connect with has a problem that you can solve. And those two things have to happen at the same time. And the only way that they're going to happen at the same time is if you keep on, again, getting in front of them, showing that you're a problem solver. And this is another thing that we type. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to immediately solve a legal problem for them. Sometimes you can solve a different kind of problem for them to, to build that relationship. So sometimes it's, you know, they've, they're looking to get their child into a particular school and you've got some insight or you just went through it and you've got some tips or they're, you know, looking, they're going to Paris and they're looking for like the perfect, you know, romantic evening, or they want a list of recommendations for, you know, restaurants to go to. So sometimes it's just proving, proving to someone or, 
making them think about you as being a problem solver and that advances the relationship and starts to build trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very well said. Totally. I, um, I want to call out to the, uh, to the audience here, you know, and just sort of broke down the different, I guess, sequences along the touches that really sort of, really sort of starts to move people through, let's use again, marketing and business development through a client journey specifically and, and, and events, Nobody, nobody will argue this point. Events and one-to-one is some of the most impactful conversations. So really nailing it in that nine-point sequence here. But you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an art and making sure that uh, that that something comes out of it. There's an art there that really maximizes uh, those sorts of touches. So I want to ask the audience. You know, is there any any particular coaching topics that you try to go deep on that you found a lot of uh, ROI with your attorneys? Um, is it the ask? Is it the learning how to be a problem solver outside of a legal problem? Because come on, let's be honest. There's very few times that you're going to, that you're going to rant, run on to somebody random, let's say a net new prospect and they're ready to talk about a legal problem at that event. No, it's, it's just probabilities are, are low. But there's always a problem that if you're in a problem solution sort of orienting mind can be a very worthwhile touch. So I, lo- I love that vignette here. And I want to ask the audience whether or not they have any topics. Put it in the chat. Let us let us know. All right. So let's move to topic number two, embracing networking. We're leaving prepping. So we're, we're, we're before we've done the we've done the coaching. We've built our list. We have an objective. We sort of have a game plan. We've gotten some coaching with Anne about the ask and Anne's team about, you know, different substance parts. We get to the, uh, we get to the event and it's showtime, right? We're walking up on stage. It's, it's, it can be, it can be anxiety ridden, especially for, you know, the, Everybody except for the least introverted person, and you, we, you know, we had this conversation outside. There's a handful of small people who literally love to walk into a room where they know anybody. For the for the vast majority, you know, even if you have a plan, and of course, having a plan always, I think, reduces the anxiety, even for the most. Or even if you don't get anxiety, having a plan will make sure that you're focused, you know, rather than like just getting getting lost in the weeds. You know, what, 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 what do you have to say about the idea of networking and anxiety and building connections in this event and showing up in the right way to sort of be amenable to this? Well, I think, again, one, you have to know yourself, <laughs> know, you know, how, um, how willing you are to, you know, push the limits of your own comfort. Um, but I think you, again, you can make, um, again, good choices about, you know, you can come decide when you want to be, when you want to show up to the event. So say it's a two hour event. If you show up early and you don't know a lot of people, you actually have a better opportunity to interact with people that you don't know, because they might just be standing there also holding a drink. And it's a perfect opportunity to go up and introduce yourself because you're not you're not interrupting. Um, they're not doing anything. And they're probably going to be grateful to, again, have someone make an overture to them. Now, you probably have no idea whether or not it's an actual contact that you want to meet. But, you know, um, again, it does it does help when the room is not super crowded. Also, if you're trying to pick out certain people. And if you've right. done your prep work and you've basically... Um, 
emailed a few people ahead of time and said, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you. What time are you getting there? You can kind of have an idea of like, okay, so-and-so was going to be there earlier. So-and-so was going to be there late. So I kind of know how to use my time. Um, I mean, the other thing that, you know, we have been telling people is to take advantage of the host or the event organizer and ask again, if there are people who um, you're looking to meet or to connect with, ask if they've checked in. Um, if there are, you know, types of people, like again, if you're going to a networking event and you're, you're not expecting to know a lot of people, ask the organizer to help you tell them, you know, these are the kinds of people that I'd like to meet. Can you make some suggestions? Or I'd really like to meet somebody from this company. Do you know someone there? Could you make an introduction for me? Because the hosts, the organizers, they want it to be a successful event. They want most of the time, they want you to come back next year. They want you to sponsor again. And so they're going to be willing to go out of their way to help make it valuable for you if you ask them. So really don't, don't, uh, don't feel bad about doing that. I think that is something that a lot of people don't think about. And then also just, you know, go over by the name tags. I mean, everyone has to come in to get their name tags. It's a good place to uh, kind of hang out and see who shows up. Um, or the bar. Um, hanging out by the bar is awesome. These are, these are the gathering places. Now I can't get a little crowded. So um, once you've, um, you know, figured out who you want to approach, um, then maybe move away from the bar or the name tag table. But um, the other thing that we talked to uh, our attorneys about is the um, option of having a wingman or a wing, wing woman, wingman, wing person, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that is definitely helps um, with the anxiety level for a lot of people if they have someone else that they feel that they can rely on. But we also make sure we tell them, don't let that person be a crutch for you. So the worst of all possible scenarios is you come with a buddy and the two of you stand in a corner and, and yeah, and that, that you might as well not have gone at all. So really, again, picking, picking a good, a good buddy to go with. And then again, understanding what they offer and having them understand what you offer so they can, you can talk them up and they can talk you up. Um, and they can, again, throw the conversation in certain ways. So again, if you have sort of a, a strategy before you go in, like, you know, Ben, what are a couple of things that you've been doing lately that, you know, would be interesting so that I could basically be like, hey, you know, so-and-so Ben's planning a trip to Paris. Have you been to Paris recently? Or, you know, Ben just did this awesome transaction, you know, is your company looking at doing something like that? So it gives you the opportunity or Ben is the most amazing person at, um, you know, talking about generative AI. He just like knows everything. So it really gives you an opportunity to play up each other. And it's so, so much more comfortable saying nice things about someone else than it is saying nice things about yourself. So it really, it can work to your, your benefit if you're again, strategic about, who you bring and and that one person doesn't sort of get all the benefits and the other person is is just the sidekick. Love it. Love it. I um 
you know, you the, the buddy system, when two things come together, you know, one plus one can't really equal three so much back and forth. Um, you know, I want to go back because I thought your point when, when we were prepping for, for this webinar, your point about arriving early was, was really, really interesting, you know, and I, and I thought that it shows a lot of self-awareness. Now, you know, what sort of person am I? Am I the person who's going to break through sort of little, 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 uh, circles once they've already, because everybody knows that that's what ends up happening, right? It's like at some point in time, la la la, and everybody starts to group together and it just becomes high school in some, in some strange way, right? But if you're early to the party, then, you know, this is, this is kind of like, um, uh, this is your ability to almost play host and make sure that um, everybody's kind of welcoming before the vibe and the inevitable social social sociability of human beings as everybody sort of starts to create groups i thought that that was so so smart you know and it shows a high level degree of self-awareness for for doing that i um i want to talk about building connections specifically with people that you just randomly meet you know and i think that there is this um you know, there's this mindset. I'll, I'll go a little. I'll, I'll go a little out there for a second. But you know, there's this idea that meeting somebody is always worth it because you just never know how they can be sort of like connected. And of course, if you have a plan, you're going in there and you're making sure I have my referral partners, I have my clients, I have my prospects. And then there's that other group, right? There's those people that I'm just going to run into because I'm going to be pulled into these conversations or introduced for this person. Tell me a little bit about how you think about connections. You know, is the idea to always just leave something with some, something impressionable, let them know I'm an attorney. This is my practice group. I work at Winston and Strawn and here's sort of one interesting thing about me, you know, or, you know, are you, are you always trying to, um, you know, what, what, what's, what's, what, where do you get the most out of that connection? Cause there's going to be so many more people that you don't know and that you just, uh, that maybe you don't have a direct target into relative to the people that maybe you're trying to meet. Well, one of the, one of the tips that we tell people is ask who they are first. <laughs> because it gives you the opportunity again, if you're, you know, you just say your name, but if you immediately kind of turn it over to them and start asking some questions to try to understand, you know, what they do, who they are, how they fit in at the event, it helps you understand what to actually say back. So how to, how to get into relationship or how to, you know, how to build that conversation with them. If you understand a little bit about what they're trying to do and, you know, most people, not all people, but most people, again, if you appear to be interested in them, they like that. Um, and so asking questions generally, um, you know, it, interested questions. And again, if it's in, a, in an authentic way, um, you know, people will respond well to that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's a, I think there's a balance between, again, if you're, if you've planned your time and you know that you have an hour that you're willing to spend at the event because you, you know, everyone has other commitments or, you know, you've, you know, you've got a work call or you need to get home for a kid's event or whatever. Um, you know, you, you want to sort of make sure that you don't end up in an endless conversation that isn't really going anywhere. And so you, you also have to have kind of an exit strategy. So a way to, again, move the conversation 
you know, to a close. So it's, again, it, a, a lot of times you can say, Hey, it was, you know, it was wonderful to meet you. And, you know, I would love to introduce you to my colleague over here. Can I, can I do that? Cause then it's a handoff <laughs> um, or a, um, you know, or just simply like, I'd love to continue the conversation, but um, you know, could I, can I get your business card? Can I, so you, you leave with a, um, that you're, you know, you're not just leaving the conversation cold. You're, you're basically implying this was, you know, valuable for me and I would like to continue it. Whether or not you do that is a different thing. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about <laughs> what to do after. Um, but, but yeah, really sort of having some, um, having an exit strategy or having sort of an understanding, like I can really only spend 15, if I want to interact with four people, I need to keep my interactions to 12 to 15 minutes. And how am I going to, and sometimes it's, it's easy. Sometimes it's not. Um, but yeah, introducing them to someone else is always a good strategy. <laughs> we, we all love the, I, I love, I love the strategy and I'm laughing because it tends to be that if I'm with uh, Phil, the CEO of Nexel, it tends to be, I'm the person who gets the, uh, gets the, get the offer to, yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, it's just that uh, this one triggers me a little bit more than, you know, I'm totally fine. Phil, if you're listening to this, it's, to- it's totally fine. And we're going to be with each other in, in, uh, in Paris. So I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, f- I'm future setting, uh, to where we're going to be, but, um, so let's, um, I want to, um, I want to move. Obviously, we've taken um, a good chunk of your time and we're really appreciative of, of all the insights that you get. And let's go into the post, you know, and let's set up where we're at. We've come back into the room where uh, if we're a very introverted person, you know, we're, we're exhausted, but somehow we've gone back our energy through reading or gardening. Um, you know, there are strategies that really I truly believe the the fortune is in the follow up and then the post event sort of like strategy. And um so let's talk about post event strategy. Let's talk about, you know, what's important there. There are so many components here. There is just to rattle off a few, but you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna set me straight here. You know, there's there's the business card to CRM dynamic. There's the follow up email dynamic. There's the true opportunity. Let's let's really there's something here really. So this is getting into the pipeline. And then there's the I met a bunch of people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether or not there's anything there, but you know, it's good to sort of reach out. Wow, the the amount of workload post event is cannot be underappreciated. But how how you move, and then there's and you know, unfortunate, but there's this time element, right? Which is how fresh, how much do you have to do in some short period of time to keep this going? Yeah, walk us through sort of the post post event um, and all of the myriad of uh, things that you kind of have to do do there. And yeah, wow. How do we do it all? How do we do it all? Yeah, exactly. We don't want to make it sound too um, overwhelming. Um, but I mean, I think the, the key thing is to literally, as soon as you leave the event, just like on the train or in your car before you take off, get out your phone and jot down some notes. Like, you know, who are the people I met? What if there was something in particular that I talked to them about that was interesting or, you know, where I feel like, again, there's a, a natural way for me to follow up. So, you know, I'm back to Paris because I'm all about Paris these days. So, you know, we had this conversation. We had this conversation about, you know, you going to Paris. So as a follow up, 
you know, I, I did get your business card or I'm going to reach out to you on LinkedIn. You know, I have a, a suggestion on, you know, here's the, the tour guide that we used to, you know, take a tour of the Musée d'Orsay and she was amazing and I highly recommend her. So I'm offering something of value because I know that you're going to Paris um, or, you know, you needed, you know, a recommendation for a batting coach for your son or whatever it is, like something in the conversation that you're like, okay, I, this is something that I can follow up on that. Again, I can sort of start building that thought that I'm a problem solver um, or, you know, I want to send this, I recently wrote an article on gendered AI, or I wrote an article on, you know, antitrust trends related to private equity. Um, and we talked about it briefly. I'd like to send that to the person. I mean, and again, you can kind of make that part of the follow-up. Hey, I'd like to send you this article. Is that okay? Um, and because once you have the permission, then, then there's sort of a little bit of an obligation. Um, and we're not above uh, trading on obligations. Um, but again, doing, doing those notes, like as soon as you leave so that you don't miss anything again, it also offers you an opportunity. Again, if you're talking to people that you do actually know really well, like to make a note, like, Oh, you know, his daughter is, you know, trying to get recruited to a D one school for soccer. And so like you make a note because the next time that you are interacting with that person, you want to remember to follow up on that. Because again, it shows that investment in the relationship. Um, so make your notes. Then when you get home or the next day, actually like take those notes, get them into the CRM, get them onto your to-do list, onto your business plan, set a reminder of when you're going to do it. I mean, you really, you should do it within the first two weeks. Um, and again, the, the, the other thing is, you know, if you, if you really felt that this was a valuable contact and it is somewhere where you want to invest your time, don't get, um, discouraged if you don't get a response right away. So if you don't get a response in the first two weeks, set yourself a tickler so you can follow up again in another week or two after that, another couple weeks, because, you know, it's very possible. I mean, our, inboxes are all insane. And it's very possible somebody like either saw something and thought, oh, I should go back to that and just never got to it. So I don't assume like somebody doesn't want to interact with you just because they missed a single email. Um, again, if you saw someone or again, if you met someone, you didn't get a business card, or even if you did get a business card and you're not already connected on LinkedIn, ask to connect on LinkedIn within a few days. Um, because otherwise they may not remember and then actually send a message. So instead of just doing the, the very basic minimum with LinkedIn, send a little note that says, Hey, it was great to meet you at blah, blah, blah. Are you going to this? Or, you know, we're doing this program coming up in a few months. Would you like to be invited to it? So again, try to build that next step in the process, or at least get permission to continue reaching out. Um, another thing that we talked about too, is again, take advantage of if you took the time to go to the event, post about it on social media. So post about, you know, add a picture or, you know, say that you went to the event and here were the three takeaways, you know, from, from the event or the, you know, that you met this 
wonderful person or you had this great conversation or that whatever it was, but, but post about it. Cause you're, again, the, the organization will likely, if they see it, they'll repost and they'll get to a broader audience. But it also, um, again, if someone is in you, again, if you start to, um, add people to your LinkedIn posting again, keeps you top of mind. And that's what you want to be. Um, and then the other thing that we tell people is basically make some notes about the event itself. Was it a productive event? Would you go next year? And then take a minute or two and ask yourself a question. What did I do well? What would I do different next time? So it's just the, the normal sort of debrief after everything. Wow. Very, very cool. I just, um, I just want to say, take photos of you at events and post it on LinkedIn. I mean, this is like algorithm gold, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, people love people and people love people at events on LinkedIn, almost as much as people changing jobs on LinkedIn. I, you know, we're being laughy, but hopefully everybody that there is a deep kernel of truth in there. So, I mean, I love that you called that out. I want to, I want to sort of, if I could attach a couple things, you know, your shout out and your call out about about a a a personalized message in the LinkedIn connection that references something that you spoke about, you know, at the event whenever you connected. It's such a small thing, but so impactful because the reality is is it shows that you were listening, you were actively listening, and that you took the time to do the last mile. And in a world where so many things are automated and follow ups and these sorts of things really sort of cut through the noise and bring it back. And I, yeah, and I just, I just, I just think it's sort of vitally crucial, but, but I want to attach it to the previous point, which is networking. You know, are you actively listening whenever you're networking with somebody such that you're thinking about how is the post follow-up email going to do? Am I getting something out of this that shows that I care that I'm actively listening? Then I just, you know, I, do you want to say more about that, about like the small things, I guess? There, there's this there's this thread that I feel has come out in this conversation, which is the small things pre, during, and even post, and how those things are, are very impactful. I don't know if you have a quick reflection on that. And then we're going to go to some questions and see if there's anybody. But yeah, does does that resonate with you? Definitely. Definitely. I, I You know, I, I really do. I totally agree with you. I think when you reference back to something that was in the conversation, you really show that investment or that engagement in trying to move the relationship to the next stage. Um, and so anytime that you can, you know, you can do that. Um, I think again, just taking those extra few minutes or, you know, we talk, um, about if, if you talked about cooking or you talked about, you know, something just like offering something, you know, not, not extravagant, but, you know, sending a recipe, sending a recommendation, sending it, you know, offering to introduce them to somebody they're fairly easy things to do, but they really do have a big impact. Um, or, or, I mean, another thing is, so, you know, say you met someone and they actually introduced you to someone else and that someone else was actually like, this was a great contact. Thank them for, for doing that. You know, we don't always, 
express gratitude <laughs> for something. Yeah. And, and I think people really appreciate that. I think they, um, they think well of you and are more likely again to be open to the idea of extending the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, one last thought and then we'll go to questions for everybody, but you know, you called out that, um, that stat, um, which all of us in marketing and business development and go to market and all of it know, which is, you know, nine to 12 touches to really take somebody on this sort of journey. I want to attach that to what we just said about impactful sort of, uh, micro moments. You know, yes, it te- tends to take a couple number of touches to get people, but you know, not all touches are created equal, right? And especially where you're at, you know, it, it, it can be that the difference between you getting the piece of work or, or really you establishing some sort of fundamental connection and, um, and, and really solidifying the relationship versus, versus another council or just, I don't want to make it so us versus them, but you know, it's the small things along that sort of journey that really create an experience. And we all talk about client experience and, customer experience and we i think the word experience is important because it's not just a a mechanical series of touches yes you have to do the touches yes you have to have nine twelve touches across marketing business development client teams client referrals you know they have to go on this sort of journey but 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 those touches can be a little bit more impactful or a a little less example and they can be more of an experience, right? They can be more of a personalized experience on this. I know we're very high up in the clouds right now, but you know, I'm sure everybody on this, on this call can resonate with that. And just put yourself in somebody else's shoe. Everybody knows the difference between a, a, a process versus an experience. And I, I, I guess I'm trying to use those two words in, in a nuanced way, but yeah. Any, anything there? Um, does that, does that also resonate in, the, in this like sort of impactful, impactful touches and not all touches are exactly the same? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I think that, yeah, again, it's, it, it, it's authenticity. It's being authentic. It's being a real person interacting with another real person and, and you can't fake that. People Totally. And the, and the, and the human being for, for whatever it's worth, you know, we're very sensitive, especially now, I would say we're very sensitive to authenticity these days. We, we, we know, you know, so I've so enjoyed this conversation. I think we've gone through the science of it. We've sort of described the mechanism. There is a machine that we're sort of building that, that maximizes ROI. Well, my goodness, is there an art to this? And there is a nuance to this that really sort of drives that machine with some sort of like nuance. And that's what I took away from this. You know, there are there are motions and sequences, but then within each sort of touch point, there are ways to sort of show up. Any takeaways for you before we go to some questions? Anne? The, only, the only other thing that again that I would say to as a part of a coaching moment is um Practice makes perfect. It, honestly, the more you do something, the less anxiety you'll have, the less, again, once you kind of get into the process and you sort of spend the time and, and you um, sort of get to know what works for you and what doesn't, it becomes easier. So just keep keep doing it. Keep Keep making the effort. Keep doing the before, the during, and the after, and you will reap results. 
Okay, beautiful. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sitting down here. Um, I love the model. I love the uh, I love the sequences. I love uh, just thinking about Paris, you know, and uh, and where we're go where I'm going to be. I love having to field all of these uh, <laughs> all of these conversations <laughs> that Phil's going to throw over my way. It's um, at the end of the day, it's it's still great to be in a room with people, and I know mm -hmm. we missed that a lot during COVID to go back. Remember that time? Remember that whole thing? <laughs> you know, yeah. and now we're and now we're here and. Um, at the end of the day, impact really can be driven from one-to-one -one conversations. It's it's just that's that will never change. Even if we can automate everything in the world and use Gen AI to create as much content as possible, I think the human touch will still be kind of the last bastion. So, um, Anna, totally. I appreciate you. I totally appreciate you sort of Thanks sitting down asking. and walking us through. Yes, right. awesome. Well, everybody, thank you so much. This was another One Firm webinar. We will be sending this. If you had to drop out, you wouldn't know that, but we will have this on demand for everybody. And if you like it, like, share, all of that kind of stuff, please thank you so much so that we know what kind of content you all like. And thank you so, so very much to Anne Heathcock for sitting down with me today.